welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I'm your host, Kim Smith. This is episode 241. We all need a Nathan having our back. What in the world are we talking about today? I've just been giggling, I'll be real honest, for the last week or so because of all ironic timing in life. I am recording this in late October 2023 and my Twitter feed which I don't do a lot regarding Twitter I post Bible verses but I'm not on there a whole lot but I was on there the other day because one of my favorite shows of all time when calls the heart there had been this dramatic change in the narrative one that I know I did not see coming whatsoever and as a result of that, it caused the name Nathan to be trending on Twitter. Not the Nathan that we're going to talk about in our lesson today, but Nathan the Mountie uh, from Hope Valley. And I had to kind of giggle because I was tempted it wasn't going to happen, but I was tempted to name this podcast episode something like Team Nathan because that's what the tagline was a couple of years ago when the show was coming to an end for season eight. And that definitely was a popular tag at this point as season 10 was closing out. I am all about Team Nathan not only on the show, but definitely Team Nathan the Prophet. We, again, are finishing up our stories about the life and times of King David. King David, we've seen him have ups, huge ups. And when David was up a good portion of that time, the nation of Israel was on a high. It's considered the golden era of Israel. And then we have the challenges of David, whether it be how he handled his family affairs or didn't handle them. We've seen him already be blindsided by Absalom, uh, one of his sons, who had been plotting against him for years. And David was clueless. And Absalom was able to take advantage of that. And now David is literally, if there had been hospice care in biblical times, David would have been appropriate for hospice care. He's at end of life. And he again is not paying any attention. But we understand this time. This time he is not the strong ruling leader that he's been previously No, he is a very sick man and at the end of his life. And he has no idea what another one of his sons, starting with an A as well, Adonijah, is plotting to do. David had been very clear already that Solomon, the son of David and Bathsheba, Bathsheba's name being one that you probably know, even if you don't know a whole lot about the Bible. But David and Bathsheba, their first child, 
died. That was the child that came about as of as a result of David's power trip, in my opinion, of calling Bathsheba to the kingly palace. And they had a child, and that child died. And then after what was considered an appropriate period of mourning in their culture, David brought Bathsheba to the palace again, but this time to claim her as one of his wives. You can hear again, just David did not always make the wisest of decisions, and especially when it came to family matters. And we've seen this over and over again, and we see that again today. But David was blessed. Not only did he have the Lord on his side, by God's grace, but he had the prophet Nathan. And so I'm going to read. We're going to do this kind of reverse of what we normally would have done. I'm going to read the passages that precede this in the story of Nathan and David. And then we're going to finish up with 1 Kings 1, 7 through 27. And that's when we see Nathan come to the forefront again, step in, and literally stop the kingdom from being destroyed by Adonijah and his ambition. We talked last week, still one of my favorite titles for the podcast, and still one of my favorite topics in the fact that I think we were kind of spot on with what was going on in his life. Not one of my favorites because it gives me more fuzzies, but one of my favorites because Adonijah saying, I will make myself king. And that whole I will make myself attitude is so counter to being a Christ follower and at that time being a follower of the Lord their God. So let's read these scriptures and we will finish up with when we see Nathan again intervene on behalf of David and specifically not even just David, David's wishes and David's plans for the kingdom after he is gone. So the first time we really encounter Nathan is when David and Bathsheba Well, David has called for Bathsheba. Bathsheba has come to the kingdom and David has had sex with her and they've produced a child. Then David puts out a hit on her husband and has him killed after he can't trick him into coming into his his house. And we've talked about Uriah a few weeks ago as one of David's uh, 30-ish mighty men and just how incredibly sad it was that David was so focused on me, 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 and the power that he had and the ability to control that um, he changed so many lives. And David did not turn on his own. Bathsheba is pregnant. 
he has plenty of time to repent and he has not and God sends the prophet Nathan so we're in 2 Samuel 12 and let's go with this so the Lord sent Nathan the prophet to tell David this story there were two men in a certain town one was rich and one was poor the rich man owned a great many sheep and cattle and the poor man owned nothing but one little lamb he had bought he raised that little lamb it grew up with his children it ate from the man's own plate and drank from his cup. He cuddled it in his arms like a baby daughter. One day a guest arrived at the home of the rich man, but instead of killing an animal from his own flock or herd, he took the poor man's lamb and killed it and prepared it for his guest. David was furious. As surely as the Lord lives, he vowed any man who would do this a thing, do such a thing deserves to die. He must repay four lambs to the poor man's poor man for the one he stole and for having no pity then Nathan said to David you are that man the Lord the God of Israel says I anointed you king of Israel and saved you from the power of Saul I gave you your master's house and his wives and the kingdoms of Israel and Judah if that if it had not if uh, I'm having a hard time just reading and if that had not been enough I would have given you much much more why then have you despised the word of the Lord, done this horrible deed? For you have murdered Uriah the Hittite with the sword of the Ammonites and stolen his wife. From this time on, your family will live by the sword because you have despised me by taking Uriah's wife to be your own. This is what the Lord says, because of what you have done, I will cause your own household to rebel against you. I will give your wives to another man before your very eyes and he will go to bed with them in public view. You did it secretly, but I will make this happen to you openly in the sight of all Israel. Then David confessed to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, yes, but the Lord has forgiven you and you won't die for it, this sin. Nevertheless, because you have shown utter contempt for the word of the Lord by doing this, your child will die. After Nathan returned to his home, the Lord sent a deadly disease to the child of David and Uriah's wife. Um, very specifically how that was worded. And so we see Nathan like he's he's not for the faint of heart. Like Nathan knew that he very well could die for confronting King David. David had that kind of power. If he could snap his fingers and call for another man's wife to come to the palace to do his bidding, so to speak, then Nathan could be killed on the spot, either by David's own hands or by David saying, off with his head. As I was reading this last weekend, as part of my Sunday school lesson, it, it was dawning on me that in the New Testament, that's exactly what happened with John the Baptist because he confronted a king and spoke out against his improper relationships and he did lose his head and Nathan boldly goes to David on behalf of the Lord and speaks knowing that he might not walk out of there and the next time we see Nathan we see him when it comes to David and Bathsheba 
when Bathsheba is his wife, it says, Second uh, Samuel twelve twenty four through 25, Then David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and slept with her. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son, and David named him Solomon. The Lord loved the child and sent word through Nathan the prophet that they should name him Jedidiah, which means beloved of the Lord, as the Lord had commanded. And so then we don't see Nathan. And honestly, I had forgotten, not that David needed to be confronted at the end of his life. Uh, I had just forgotten that it was the prophet Nathan. In my mind, I guess I thought Nathan was probably already dead. But instead, here he has been there for David's entire kingship. And one of my 60 zillion questions I might be asking when I get to heaven is talking to Nathan about what happened in the interim. What roles did he play? Some people have questioned the the, uh, the story that I'm getting ready to read, just wondering about Nathan's motives. But I don't question Nathan's motives. I think Nathan knew David and knew David's heart and knew what David had planned for the kingdom. And he was following through and doing what he thought was best. And similar to the This Little Lamb story, Nathan doesn't just confront David face to face and say, hey, Adonijah's running off with the kingdom. Why don't you do something? He goes to Bathsheba, as we're going to see in this. But I think he's just being wise. Like, not everybody that we are their Nathan needs to be confronted in the same manner. Some of us do not like headlong confrontation, and we truly don't hear the message. Whereas if someone with a softer voice or a different approach can get our attention. And then some people really need that up in your face. I think Nathan was just being wise. So here we come. We're going back to the scriptures that we've been on for the last few weeks. We're going to read the whole of the First Kings chapter 1. And we're going to read this. But... I stopped just for a moment because we've got one other passage. We've got one other passage before we get to this focal passage because Nathan was in the midst of another big event for David. You remember what that was? And it's one where Nathan wasn't spot on. Nathan was not quite listening to the Lord's voice at the beginning. This is in 2 Samuel 7, verses 1 through 17, and then we'll get to the the ending part there. But it says, When King David was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from all of the surrounding enemies, the king summoned Nathan the prophet. Look, David said, I am living in a beautiful cedar palace. But the ark of God is out there in a tent. Nathan replied to the king, Go ahead and do whatever you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. That's where Nathan kind of jumped ahead of himself because he didn't ask the Lord. He just assumed. And the Lord comes to Nathan and, and gives him a heads up. But the same night, the Lord said to Nathan, Go and tell my servant David, This is what the Lord has declared. 
Are you the one to build a house for me to live in? I have never lived in a house from the day I brought the Israelites out of Egypt until this very day. I have always moved from one place to another with a tent and a tabernacle as my dwelling. Yet no matter where I have gone with the Israelites, I've never once complained to Israel's tribal leaders, the shepherds of my people Israel. I've never asked, why haven't you built me a beautiful cedar house? Now go and say to my servant David, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared. I took you from tending sheep in the pasture and selected you to be the leader of my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you've gone and I've destroyed all the enemies before your eyes. Now I will make your name as famous as anyone who's lived, ever lived on earth. And I will provide a homeland for my people Israel, planting them in a secure place where they will never be disturbed. Evil nations won't oppress them as they've done in the past. Starting from the time I appointed the judges to rule my people Israel, I will give you rest from all your enemies. Furthermore, the Lord declares that he will make a house for you, a dynasty of kings, for when you die and are buried with your ancestors, I will raise up one of your descendants, your own offspring, and I will make his kingdom strong. He's the one who will build a house, a temple for my name, and I will secure his royal throne forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. If he sins, I will correct and discipline him with the rod like any father would do. But my favor will not be taken from him as I take it, took it from Saul whom I removed from your sight. Your house and your kingdom will continue to be, continue before me all, for all time, and your throne will be secure forever. So Nathan went back to David and told him everything the Lord had said in this vision. And all of that. So Nathan, Nathan was in the midst of this with the Lord telling him that one of David's sons was going to be king and was going to be the one to build the temple that David wanted to build. So in other words, Nathan has been the inside man. Nathan has known what is going on. This is not, even though we don't have other passages about Nathan, we can see that he has been in the midst and knows the inner workings and knows that David has chosen Solomon and he's made his wishes known. So as we come to 1 Kings 1, we're going to start with one, verse 1, even though that's not what we're covering, but just to set in the context. And our, our focus will be 7 through 27, focusing on verses 11 through 12. So King David was now very old and no matter how many blankets covered him, he could not keep warm, so his advisors told him, "Let a fine young virgin, uh, let us find a young virgin to wait on you and look after you, my lord. She will lie in your arms and keep you warm." So they searched throughout the land of Israel for a beautiful girl, and they found Abishag from Shunem, and brought her to the king. The girl was very beautiful, and she looked after the king and took care of him. But the king had no sexual relations relations with her. You can go two podcasts back and we talk about that. And then starting with verse 5, it says, About that time David's son Adonijah, whose mother was Haggith, began boasting, I will make myself king. So that was last week's topic. So he provided himself with chariots and charioteers and recruited 50 men to run in front of him. Now his father, King David, had never disciplined him at any time, even by asking, Why are you doing that? Adonijah had been born next after Absalom 
and he was very handsome. Verse 7, And Anijah took Joab, son of Zeruiah, and Abiathar the priest into his confidence, and they agreed to help him become king. I'm stopping there just for a moment. You will never, ever, ever on this podcast hear me name any kind of patting on the back for Joab, son of Zeruiah. That is David's nephew, and he was David's commander of his army for so very long. But Joab is all over the place, and Joab, in my opinion, is out for Joab's good. I'll take a Nathan in my life every day as opposed to a Joab. Verse 8, But Zadok the priest, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, that is the Benaiah that we talked about a few weeks ago, who chased a lion into a pit on a snowy day and killed it. Nathan the prophet, Shimei, Rei, and David's personal bodyguard refused to support Adonijah. Good for them. Good for Zadok, Benaiah, Nathan, Shimei, Rei, David's personal bodyguard because they knew what David's wishes were and they were staying loyal. Verse 9, Adonijah went to the stone of Zohilath near the spring of Enrogel where he sacrificed sheep, cattle, and fattened calves. He invited all his brothers, the other sons of King David, and all the royal officials of Judah. But he did not invite Nathan the prophet, or Benaiah, or the king's bodyguard, or his brother Solomon. And we all understand why, because he was planning this major takeover. I'm going to become king, and not even I'm going to become king after my dad dies. No, I'm going to become king now. Verse 11, then Nathan went to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, and asked her, Haven't you heard that Haggith's son, Adonijah, has made himself king, and our Lord David doesn't even know about it? If you want to save your own life and the life of your son Solomon, follow my advice. Go at once to King David and say to him, My Lord the king, didn't you make a vow and say to me, Your son Solomon will surely be the next king and will sit on my throne? Why then has Adonijah become king? And while you are still talking with him, I will come and confirm everything you've said. So Bathsheba went into the king's bedroom. He was very old now, and Abishag was taking care of him. Bathsheba bowed down before the king. What can I do for you, he asked her. She replied, My lord, you made a vow before the Lord your God when you said to me, Your son Solomon will surely be the next king and will sit on my throne. But instead, Adonijah has made himself king, and my lord the king does not even know about it. He sacrificed many cattle, fattened calves, and sheep, and he has invited all the king's sons to attend the celebration. He also invited Abiathar the priest and Joab the commander of the army. But he did not invite your servant Solomon. And now, my lord the king, all Israel is waiting for you to announce who will become king after you. If you do not act, my son Solomon and I will be treated as criminals as soon as my lord the king has died. And she's not kidding about that. Verse 22. While she was still speaking with the king, Nathan the prophet arrived. The king's officials told him, Nathan the prophet is here to see you. Nathan went in, bowed before the king, and with his face to the ground. Nathan asked, My lord the king, have you decided that Adonijah will be the next king and that he will sit on your throne? Today is sacrifice many cattle fattened calves and sheep, and he has invited all the king's sons to attend the celebration. He also invited the commanders of the army and Abiathar the priest. They are feasting and drinking with him and shouting, Long live King Adonijah. 
but he did not invite me or Zadok the priest or Benaiah or your servant Solomon. Has my lord the king really done this without letting any of his officials know who should be the next king? And we all know the answer to that. David had not purposed this. This was not not his choice. He was unaware, as he had been when Absalom worked for years to take over the kingdom. And we're stopping there because I want to save the rest of the story for next week's um, lesson. Because this week I really wanted to focus on who is your Nathan? Like, who do you have in your life that will confront you when you are wrong? That will work for your good to accomplish the good purpose? Like, that knows your wishes stated and just internal uh, because they know you so well that they will fight on your behalf. And for whom are you their Nathan? Like, hopefully you've got a Nathan, and it may be not someone that right now is in your life, but maybe it's someone God used in another season. And in whose life are you standing in the gap as Nathan? Like, who have you stood up to that needed to be reminded of God and his faithfulness and his plan and like we all need those type of strong whether it be friends whether it be co-workers those companions on the walk of life who aren't afraid to tell us when we're wrong but they're wise in how they do it. They know us well enough and they know how to approach us so that we will hear them. Nathan was that person for David and he enlisted Bathsheba, rightfully so, I think. We all need a Nathan in our life. And if you don't have one, ask the Lord. God, please give me a Nathan or an Athene in my life that will hold me accountable so that I will live a life worthy of you, pleasing you in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, and praying for the courage to be a Nathan or an Athene in somebody else's life, to have that courage to hold them accountable so that they can be all God created them to be. You know, as I look back and as we were reading through those scriptures, Nathan wasn't mentioned a whole lot. But how would history have been changed if Nathan had not been a part of David's story? Who would have stood in the gap? Who would have had the courage? Who would have had the trust of David to even be heard by him? We all need Nathans in our lives. But we also need to be Nathans for those around us. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll continue our journey through 1 Kings. Finishing out next week with how Adonijah's 
I will make myself king situation ends up working out for him. Uh, not too well. We will see a little bit more about Adonijah for a couple of weeks. And we will see Solomon really up here on the scene for the first time since he was a baby. And we will talk a lot more about Solomon over the upcoming weeks and months. So remember, this podcast is free for you to listen to and free for you to share I would very much appreciate that. I would very much appreciate if you would go on and give us a review on whatever podcast platform you use because we're on many of them. The QR code at the bottom of the show notes lets you have access to all 241 episodes. On some of the platforms, it seems like they're missing. Either they're missing some of the early ones or I forgot which podcast platform I looked at the other day. It was missing some of the later ones. I, I don't know how that happens because the feed has not changed. But on my Podbean site, you can scan that QR code. It'll take you there and you can listen to all the episodes, including the rough and tumble originals um, back when we started with Joshua. Uh, I still, I love some of those uh, because I love the book of Joshua. So thank you for tuning in. And just remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day. Mm-hmm.